Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results, the podcast that can help you become a better partner in your family and a self-propelled leader with inner certainty in your business. Now, here's your host, Uwe Dockhorn. Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results. Let me start with an invitation for you before we dive in. This is a safe and neutral space here. The more open and honest you answer the questions that will come up to yourself, the more effective this will be for you. Sound good? Okay, here we go. Today I'm very excited to introduce you to Steve Farmer. How are you doing, Steve? And where are you hanging out right now? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm in, uh, in San Diego, California, USA. Oh, you have my jealousy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not here by accident. <laughs> it's a pleasure having you here today. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. So ranked on Inc.'s global top 50 leadership and management experts list, Steve Farber is a best-selling author and the founder and CEO of the Extreme Leadership Institute. I think your mission, as you say on your website, leadership is not about your position or title. It's about who you are, how you live, and your ability to influence others to change things for the better at work and beyond is remarkable and very inspiring. So I'm very thankful that I can talk to you today. Thank you. The, the, uh, the pleasure and the honor is mine, Uwe. Nice to be here. Thank you. So shall we dive in? Sure. All right. So here we go. Who's your ideal client and what's the biggest challenge they face? So I have, when I think of the word client, uh, there are two categories. One is individual and the other is, is company. So most of my clients are really companies. Uh, so, I'll, I'll, but of course, those companies are all made up of individuals. So I'll, I'll, I'll address a little bit of both. So my ideal company client is, turns out to be a small to mid-sized company that, that is really um, serious about creating the kind of culture that people love doing business with, that people love working in and, and being a part of. Uh, my ideal individual client is a leader of a company or an aspiring leader who um, is, is ready to dig deep and become the kind of leader that people want to be around, become the kind of leader that is not just interested in getting the bottom line results, which is important, but also having an impact on the world around them at the same time. Mm, I see, I understand. So and what's the biggest challenge they face? Well, the individual leaders, I think the, the biggest challenge uh, my individual clients face is, is living up to the promise of their own words. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I think that's the biggest challenge that all of us face, not just my particular clients. Uh, so another, it's, it's, it's one thing to um, have good aspirations, have good goals, have have uh, you know compelling values is one thing to say the right words and espouse the right philosophy. It's another thing altogether to live and act in a way that's congruent with all of that. So the challenge is in closing the gap between what we say and what we do. And it's also the same challenge for an organization. It's very easy to print the banners and the buttons that say, for example, we love our customers or 
or you know, we, we write the value statement that say we respect the dignity of the individual and all of that, which is all good stuff. It's yet another thing to create an experience that reflects that for everybody that works there. So a similar challenge both individually and organizationally. Yeah, I get this. So, and what are common mistakes that uh, they make when trying to solve that problem? Probably the biggest mistake, and I'm speaking on behalf of myself as well as as well as uh, virtually every other human being. <laughs> the biggest mistake is confusing the word with the thing. In other words, if I the, I've I've just seen this happen over and over again. Sometimes people do this consciously and intentionally, and but more often than not, it's it's just something that we, it's just a mistake that we make um, unknowingly. And that is, I will say the right words. I will espouse the right, um, you know, management buzzwords. Uh, and yet my behavior does not change. So it's a failure of accountability to self. Accountability, you know, we've, that's a word that we throw around a lot and we typically hear it used in this context. Accountability is that thing that we desperately want other people to take. Uh, the mistake that we make is that we don't hold ourselves ridiculously accountable to our own words. I can, I can definitely can, can attest and uh, being guilty of that as myself. Me too. So, uh, yeah, we're in the same, same club, so to speak. No, I, I think it's it's very important to to address the accountability. I always also refer to responsibility, which in English is is, is funny because if you have like um, there are two words in that, so you, the response and the ability to respond. So Correct. sometimes you know these terms are get mixed up in the in the in the context, and so uh, it's it. But accountability is 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 also step to yourself, as you was just saying, is so important. Uh, because otherwise, you know, you can just blah, blah all day night and all night and uh, nothing really is going to happen, right? And by the way, the people that do that intentionally, and there are, there are those folks, they just, they, they, they say the right words and they have no intention of living up to them, is the, the person that uh, I refer to as the poser. And there are a lot of posers in, in the business world in particular. Um, but for the rest of us, because I certainly don't consider myself to be a poser. For the rest of us, it's just a, it's an, it's a day-to-day -day challenge. And it's about being really conscious of what it is that we're saying is important, what it is that we're asking other people to do, what it is that we, um, that we espouse as our, as our values, for example, and then holding ourselves to account to be the walking, talking, living, breathing example of all of those things that we ask other people to do. Very true, very true. So before I ask Steve, what is one valuable free action that our audience can easily implement? Let me quickly say something to our audience. If you're enjoying the show so far, please rate and recommend us to someone you think could benefit from the show. Thank you in advance for spreading the word. So Steve, what is one valuable free action that our audience can implement that will help with that issue? Yeah, so a very simple thing uh, and very challenging is to develop the habit of asking yourself, asking ourselves this question. What can I do to prove that I mean what I say? 
What can I do to prove that I mean what I say? So that is an, is an action-oriented question. It's not, and what it requires is, well, what is it that I, what is it that I say? It's a knowledge of, it's a clarity about what I say is important. And then how can I, another way of asking the question is, how can I prove that I mean that in the way that I act today? Mm. Yeah, well, very important. And you're touching, you know, that way of self-guidance and, you know, being intentional. And yeah, as I said, self-guidance is, uh, is, is, is the word that comes to mind to my mind, uh, is very important. And it's a very good question. So thank you for sharing that, Steve. Wow. But it's also, it's important. Remember, we're talking in a leadership context here, right? So if we're not careful, the first place we go is what do I, you know, how can I be a better leader? How, how can I, you know, do a better job of motivating the, the team and inspiring people? And those are, that's all important stuff. But the raw material, the foundation for all of it is how, is how we personally show up to those people. It's that, again, it's the congruence between what I say and what I do. Because if I don't have that, I can, I can be a great communicator, I can hold great meetings, I can write great emails, I can set great goals. But if people don't perceive me as somebody who follows through on my word, uh, then my credibility is shot and nothing else matters. Mm. Now, and, and also what also comes to mind is, is right now that in, in that regard that um, I always tell my clients that you only see when the feedback that is coming from others to you, about you, you know, you see that your initial intention, what, what you want to explain or what you want to be or what, um, who you want to be and who you want to um, motivate even, you know, you always have to wait for that moment when it comes back to you because yes. that is the proof. I am, agree. Am I right? I yeah. agree. And to build on mm -hmm. that a little bit, mm -hmm. um, one of the greatest things that you can do as a leader is to ask for that feedback. So to, to you know, are you willing to go to your team, for example, and ask the question, how am I doing? as the leader of this team and give it to me straight with, with all honesty. Um, it is, you know, it's in the same neighborhood as, you know, 360 feedback and all that, which is all helpful, but there's nothing more powerful than just asking people and see what kind of feedback you get and, and ask for the tough stuff, which is about as attractive as asking people to chew glass, but it is, it is, um, the, the greatest, uh, gift that we can get and not only for ourselves, but ultimately for the people that we're leading. Mm. No, you're absolutely right. So it's, it's in that situation, it's uh, being aware and putting yourself in the hot seat, so to speak, but w consciously putting you in, in that hot seat and uh, be ready for, because everything is feedback in, in that regard. So therefore, um, but it's, this is a great advice. So thank you for sharing that, Steve. Wonderful. Absolutely. So what is one valuable free resource that you can direct people to that might help with that issue or in a broader sense? Sure. Um, it's, this is in the, in the context of kind of managing what's going on internally and what's important, 
what I'm thinking, what I'm saying, and what I do about it. Uh, I have uh, on the website at stevefarber.com a, an opportunity for a daily audio message. I started doing this several months ago. Um, every day, delivered to your inbox, two minutes or less, is just a little nugget of ideas around what I call extreme leadership. And of all the things that I've done over the years, and as you know, it's been, it's been a lot of things, you know, written a bunch of books, put out a lot of content. I get more positive feedback on this simple daily message than anything I've ever done. So that, that would be my recommendation. If you just go to stevefarber.com, you can, you, you'll see it there. Definitely will check this out. And this is a wonderful idea. So yeah, it's, it's fantastic. So thank you for sharing that. Of course, we put uh, the link in the show description so folks can easily check it out. So Steve, what's the one question I should have asked you that would be of great value to our audience here? Sure. Um, I think that question would be the, uh, the Tina Turner question, which is... I'm, I'm curious now. <laughs> yeah. The question is, what's love got to do with it? Here we go. So if you're, if you're, if you're watching this podcast on, on video, you see the poster behind me and the books behind me. And you know, my most recent book is called Love is Just Damn Good Business. And you see a little a poster that says, do what you love in the service of people who love what you do. The, the foundation for everything that I do, and I believe that every leader should be paying attention to, is the, the, the fact, the reality, that love is the most powerful, the most foundational leadership and business principle. So I, I'll, I'll wrap it up for you this way. Um, what's love got to do with it? Well, if you're a business person, the standard should be that your clients or customers should love what you do for them. Anything short of that, you're, you're not competitive. So then we got to break it down. If we want our customers to love what we do for them, in order to make that happen in a meaningful and sustainable way over time, we have to create an environment or a culture that people love working in. And I can't create or contribute to that kind of a culture as a leader unless I love it myself first. Love the business, love the team, love the customer, love our mission, myself first. So if we can answer the question, what should love look like in the way that we do business, it solves a lot of problems, and not just solves the problems, but gets us ahead of the game. Just mm. as old saying that, uh, you know, folks, um, come into a company uh, because of the company, but they leave because of the people. So definitely it's a leadership issue also to, yeah, maintain that level of engagement and love, as you said, sure. um, um, with your coworkers and uh, with your team. Definitely. Yeah, for, any, for anybody listening, I would, I would just recommend you try this little experiment. Think back over the course of your career. Think about the, the, the person or the couple of people that you have worked for in your career that really made a difference. And would it be accurate to say that when you think about that person, you, the, the, would it be accurate to describe the experience as I loved working for her, I loved working for him, I loved being on that team? And I'm gonna suspect that for the vast majority of people, for when thinking about those great people they worked for, it was an experience that they loved. 
And then, so we use the word, we know the experience. So if you flip that around, as a leader, shouldn't I be striving to create that kind of experience for the people that work for, with, and around me? Of course I should, because that's where the commitment comes from. That's where the great, that's where the magic happens. That's where the, the uh, inspiration and innovation and, and productivity and all the things we measure as business people will flow out of that if we can create that experience. On that note, on that emotional experience note, um, I'm coming to my last question. And the question is, when was the last time you experienced goosebumps with your family and why? Yeah. So um, my family is, uh, can spread out everywhere. So my, first of all, I, I'll just preface this by saying that my uh, dubious achievement as a parent, uh, having raised uh, six kids, Uh, three, three kids, three stepkids. Uh, I raised teenagers for 25 straight years. So I'm, I'm a bit insane as a result of that. Um, but the, uh, the goosebump moment for me, um, unfortunately, the most recent one was, you know, pre-pandemic. It's been, it's been a while. Was when all of our kids, who are now adults, our kids and their significant others get together with us just to hang out. Uh, the last time we did it was we, we, we got an Airbnb in Austin, Texas, and we all just, we just hung out for a couple of days. There was a family wedding going on, and we just had the best time. We love hanging out with our kids and vice versa. So the next goosebump moment for us is going to be in uh, uh, November Thanksgiving. Wow. Wow, I love this. Um, so that's where love is in my part here in my business. I love these goosebumps moments, having the shivers now. And so thank you for sharing this wonderful goosebumps moment uh, with us, Steve. And also thank you for our conversation. It was a pleasure talking to you. And I appreciate very much the knowledge and insights you shared with us today. Thank you. It was a real pleasure to be here. My pleasure. Thank you for listening. And as always, energizing results to you and your loved ones. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcast, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at uve.corn.com.